episode ever of Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hootink, and I'd love to talk MLS because there's no other league like it. Today's guest, though, of course, and I am the official reporter for MLS Female for the LA Galaxy. And so my first guest today ever is LA Galaxy Rumors, actually known as Ron from Pasadena. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. How's everyone doing? Yeah, yeah, I think we're doing really great, thanks. Well, d- despite yesterday's game, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. first of all, yesterday's game was pretty much a disappointment. Uh, at first, uh, in the first half, we played sluggish. Well, throughout the match, we just played sluggish in in total. But in the first half, we did create chances, which I was pretty excited about. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I totally thought that the first half I was like, okay, we can do this. Um, I was, of course, waiting for Alvarez to get on the field, but despite his Latan and uh, Alessandrini not being available, I thought, okay, this is a chance. This is a chance to watch our guys shine, for Polenta to stop making mistakes, um, for uh, you know Zubek to make his debut, and for Pontius to be up there and scoring. And I really thought that the guys, like with Corona starting, that that they would be able to to get a good result. And unfortunately, other than the first half, it just, all the promises went right out the window. It just seemed like they, they fell to pieces. Yeah, definitely. I, I also think that in the second half, there was just no sense of urgency. Um, based on, I was reading on Twitter and other news that like people were saying that, oh, it was a soft penalty call. I honestly think it was a penalty. I mean, you don't, that was just a mistake by Polenta. You don't raise your foot that high in the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might have been soft, but he he made contact. And by the laws of the game, that's a penalty. But before that, I, I think that right before that penalty, it was a corner. And I feel like that was actually just poor clearance by our defending. I think uh, Shelvick had one of the clearances that he could barely get out of the box. And I feel like all of that added to just that play by Polenta. So I think that the fault is on everybody, on the whole defense, instead of just, yeah, Polenta did make the penalty, but I do believe that there were other reasons why that happened. Absolutely, and and constantly, whenever Bingham's uh, down on the ground, it's because the defense let him down and he's he's left alone. Um, And then Steras actually was defending. He was clearing it, um, you know, trying to clean up everybody else's mistakes, specifically like Boateng when he just couldn't make a shot or where he would he would get a hold of the ball and then look like he didn't know what to do with it. Um, And Felcher, you know, he he's a little undisciplined and and kind of just does his own thing, too. So I think it is the players like the difference between the home game was everybody was connecting and they they have been playing together. So what I can understand is just because you have a few, you know, DPs missing, yeah. that suddenly everybody just like forgot and that's how what, to play. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did read that as well because I read people like I was, I put out a tweet that I was like, a lot of people are coming out with excuses like, oh, this team hasn't played with each other. Well, if you think about it, this team has been playing with each other. In the preseason, Zlatan didn't play. Mm-hmm. So this team had a chance to all play with each other. Pontius was in the front in the preseason, and he was in the front yesterday. Another thing I have to say about Pontius is that they were playing, the Galaxy were playing as if Zlatan was in the game. 
So they were doing a lot of crosses in the box. Mm-hmm. But Pontius is not a guy that's going to go up and get the ball in the air. I mean, he had one wide open header on right at the pen- penalty spot, but he like w- completely whiffed at it. So I feel that they were their their style yesterday was really playing towards playing with Zlatan instead of playing with Pontius. That's a really good point that I actually hadn't thought about. Um, for me, I was thinking. I'm glad that for once that they're not trying to just service the ball to Zlatan all the time because um, we saw that on opening day where, I mean, yeah, they were they were playing off each other, literally using everybody's individual talents and bringing them together. And you're right that, that he wasn't there, although that last preseason game really did um, go downhill. And so... I am just trying to figure out what what is it? You know, is it is it the coaching? Um, like Escaloto, some some people were saying that he still has to figure out some some moves, some strategies. I mean, we know that his his way is the offensive play, and that's what Efren Alvarez brings in, even though he's only 16 years old, and you have to manage his minutes. Uh, but playing, you know, Botang on the right um, was something that somebody said I saw uh, Siggy had figured out already. So. What do you make of Escaloto's decisions or what learning he has to do now? I feel like I, I personally believe that they went into, well, the players obviously didn't go into the game thinking of a tie, but I believe that the coaching staff designed the game plan to play counterattacking style and playing defensively because playing 4-5-1, they only had one striker. And what those that one in the front really didn't help them attack. So, for example, in the second half, I remember this clearly, but Antuna was dry, uh, dribbling down the left wing, but there was no one around him, and he just kept going and going, and he ended up losing the ball, It's be- but because no one was around him. They didn't have anybody to go run with him, which is why I was thinking maybe they should play a 4-4-2 instead of that 4-5-1 because Pontius was just left, out, uh, left alone on the island. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And then, you know, the fact that it was a road game as well in their first road game in a stadium, you know, against FC Dallas in a stadium where they they don't they don't have a good record um, recently. Also, um, I think that maybe they were, in fact, going for a draw as well. But you can't go into it like that. Like you said, we've got to go into a mindset of winning, especially if we want to make the playoffs, because realistically now, you know, we had high, high hopes at the beginning of the season as always and this is only the second game in and everybody was like oh galaxy twitter is going um you know straight up pessimistic but it's like yeah well look at our last two seasons we have a dynasty to keep up let's be honest like dc united only has one star less than us so we have yeah exactly we have a reputation that we have to uphold and so you know when we see this uh, you know our standards have to be held high as well um, which is why actually I brought you on as my guest is because there were a few uh, tweets of yours that that I was really interested in. And I said, OK, I want I want you to expand on this and see what you do would do with our with our roster. Um, so you had said that, you know, we need to sign another striker. And so, like yeah. you said, um, a 442 format would have worked yesterday. But how do we fit that person in? Because, you know, we had Ola Kamara and yes, he wanted more money. But where would he fit? Because I just felt like, you know, they're always in Zlatan's shadow. So what are your takes on that? So my takes on that is that I would personally, um, with the connection that we have uh, with uh, GBS and the connection we have with Teclosa, 
I would say go into South America, go into Central America. There are plenty of forwards that I feel that could work with our team, but get somebody that is sort relatively young and then like a 22, 23-year-old that could learn from Zlatan, but will also know that they're going to get starting minutes because Zlatan's not going to play every game, as we already see, and who knows mm-hmm. how bad his Achilles, injuries, Achilles injury is. But I personally believe, let's go into South America. Let's find a forward. There were rumors in February that they were going after those two Argentinian guys. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel that that would also play into Barros plan of having that type of fast forward that could be up top and be ready for any high balls or just playing on the ground. But one thing I also wanted to say was that um, I know he's in Colorado, but I've always thought that Kai Kamara could have been a a good addition to our team. No, that's an, that's interesting. Why why do you say that? Tell me more. <laughs> People he, are probably he, gonna I, like what? So like right now, is there? Yeah, thing? <laughs> I don't know. I always felt that he was a fighter. He's a guy that we need. Like in that, for example, in the preseason game against Colorado, Kai Kamara was the first one to every ball that was coming out of the air. I feel that we need someone like that. And going back to, Alan, like, for example, going back to Alan Gordon, we need that type of player that could back up Zlatan, a guy that's just going to hustle, a guy that's just going to do all the dirty work up top, but also be very, um, you know, be very committed to the team. I feel that Pontius, he's getting up in age, but he's not that great in the air as we saw. Mm-hmm. And somewhat... He's good technically, but not to be the full-on striker by himself. I feel like, for example, Kamara could be a striker by himself. Yeah, that would that would be great. Um, so I see what you're saying to bring somebody in who at least has those qualities, because I'm sure we can't get Kamara from a yeah open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I, I I do hear what you say, and um, it also made me think about okay. Yeah, who they did start. So Boateng used to come in as like a sub, and he's honestly exactly. a short guy. And they're just trying to service balls that he just cannot reach. Um, so there's there's that as well. I mean, Alan Gordon, I always thought of him as just like this tall giraffe, you know, that yeah. can get into spaces <laughs> um, and, and to be able to match Laton's height as well. Um, and then I was also thinking about how Leggett kind of seemed to get a surprise start. You know, he has just been coming off of injuries as well. But all these these things that I feel like they have in common, like Legit, Alessandrini, um, and the, and these past guys that you're talking about, they all lead the team's colors. Yes. yes. And I feel like you know that somehow is missing, and and you can't just rely on on one guy, whether it's Laton, whether it's uh, Boateng, whether it's Legit, or even Steros to defend. Like we can't just be relying on these one guy. So how do we how do we bring this team? together is it coaching or is it just strategizing the ones that we have i feel like it's strategizing but also um, i'm gonna bring another reference like a laker reference lakers bring okay. for example they bring x players to come talk to these guys <laughs> the lakers maybe, aren't doing so well right now yeah but I'm, just saying, like, <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying like to bring back the tradition bring back old players have robbie Keane come in and talk to the guys show them that what the what what it means wearing the galaxy crest on your chest what does it mean to play for the Galaxy? And, like, for example, uh, the statue unveiling, Beckham kept saying this team is like a family. 
these guys need to come or have someone talk to these players and show that you're actually playing for something bigger. And the LA Galaxy is actually a family, a club that, you know, it, it strives from their fans all the way down to the players. And it's a big family, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that I heard from what I read that, you know, Giovanni Dos Santos was, you know, toxic to the team. And so now that he's gone, at least there's some of that dead weight gone. And then there's that that hostility out of the locker room now. So I don't know, because like I would think about how Landon Donovan used to get the, the teammates and the players all together, you know, like they would actually go out and do things and go play at the beach. Um, so what do you think about Zlatan as captain? Do you think he's he's working as a leader? I mean, I know for his um, coaching, you know, Alvarez and giving him tips and like not to talk too much to the media is super imperative because when you have a young guy like that, you really want to protect him, make sure he doesn't get such a big head, but also protect him from the media because Zlatan knows what it's like to be that young and and to be playing uh, like that. So what do you think? Because yesterday, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos had the armband. Uh, yeah, yes. Well, and prior to the season starting, uh, I remember GBS saying that our captains are Zlatan, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, and Alessandrini. So mm. without Alessandrini, without Zlatan, it kind of led to Jonathan playing it. But I feel that Zlatan is a natural-born leader. So regardless if he has the armband or if he doesn't have the armband, he's going to be the captain. He's going to always like demonstrate what to do, always talk to his players, even if he has the armband. I feel like the armband is just more of like a symbol for mm-hmm. the players to look at and a, um, a symbol for the referee. But I believe Jonathan DeSantos is also a very good uh, captain for this team because he uh, personally, I believe he played a good game yesterday he out of all the players I think that he was the one that played very well yeah some people said that it was his giveaway that caused that second goal though <laughs> and I think that dog in the background agrees <laughs> <laughs> well um, well honestly I think that okay that was another thing I wanted to talk about the second goal so mm-hmm. on the second goal I was just watching the eyelid actually so it was a pass from Felcher. It went to Antuna. Antuna had a really bad touch, which mm. led to, uh, well, what's his name? Palm School on, the, on FC Dallas. Well, he'd oh, take yeah. A, yeah, he drove it toward the end line. But one thing that no one has said, and I was just looking at the highlight a couple of times, um, Acosta starts his run right next to Alvarez. I don't know if anyone's seen that. He starts his run from the center circle. He just does a mad dash all the way to the top of the 18. And Alvarez is still back just watching him. And he's wide open. And yeah. I feel that that's one thing that no one said. But I feel that that's, that's coming with being young. That he yes. doesn't really know that, you know, hey, I, I, have, I still have to do some defensive responsibilities. And I feel like that was why... That second goal happened as well, besides all the mistakes mm-hmm. that Efrain Alvarez didn't track back all the way to defend Acosta, which then led him to that beautiful goal that he scored. Correct. And then, I mean, then it was, it was a golazo, let's be honest. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and he was able to create something out of nothing, literally, like you said, um, for him to be able to do that. So that does come with experience, and, and that's why I think it's more important um, that we have players with experience like Zlatan. Um, I know with when it comes to the Galaxy, everybody's like, oh, everybody 
you know, the galaxy always have like these big stars like Beckham and Keen and um, um, Gerard. And so it's like, that's also what we do, but it's also like, I feel like why right now, especially yesterday, the team wasn't doing so well is just because we are relying on our big names and our big stars and, you know, Alvarez, there's nothing he can do about that. But then when I look at Polenta and Corona and Tuna Quayle, like these guys are, are really talented. Yeah, they are. They, they, are. they all together, like I'm, I'm happy with our roster. Like everything looks yeah. really good. And, and maybe we're all just um, having, you know, traumatic responses uh, because yeah, of the yeah. last two seasons over one game. Um, so maybe maybe it isn't time to panic yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think that, yeah. I mean, it's only the second game of the season. It is a long season. Uh, this year in MLS, uh, seven teams make the playoffs from each conference. I think we're a top seven team in the West, at least. And I feel like we might be over-exaggerating, but then I look to next week. Mm-hmm. And we are playing Minnesota, and Minnesota has looked very good. And Quintero has been has given us problems in the past, so it could be another tough match, even being at home next week. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that. We can preview that because um, yesterday San Jose lost three zero to Minnesota, and yeah, it's San Jose. <laughs> yeah, but. But that aside, like Minnesota really is, and their coach came out and said yesterday that they're a team that can compete now. Um, so I really do feel like they're they're a threat. They're a legit concern, and we'll have to see how our guys adjust to that. Yeah, definitely, because Quintero is their, is their number one, their DP player. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Miguel Ibarra is a very good player for them. I feel that we need to just have a good defensive shape. Yes, Polenta has made mistakes. But to be honest, he's been our best defender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was gonna say is that even yesterday's like quote unquote mistake, the PK was a PK. We're not talking about that. But yeah. that back that back pass because that was another bad back pass that had happened on uh, the home opener that ended up leading to that goal um, last game. But you know, this one actually, they, it didn't seem like it was that bad. It was more like you said, the defending, like there was nothing else he could do. He had, yeah. because there was nobody else there for him to rely on, he had to pass it that way. No, I, I honestly, like, I feel like it was a pass, but it was more of like a deflection. Like he was just trying to get it, like get rid of the ball, but mm-hmm. it went to the wrong foot. And uh, at least Baji missed that wide open goal. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Galaxy have so much luck. Like yesterday could have easily been like 5-0, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. But then yeah, we yeah. were unlucky as well because we did hit the post a few times. Yeah, yeah, that that's the only thing. The, so I do think, you know, while we didn't have direct chances, and I mean, let's be honest, like, you know, FC Dallas didn't have that many chances either. Mm-hmm. It was just that they, they made us pay for our mistakes. Exactly. Uh, for sure. I don't really think that watching yesterday's game, I didn't really think FC Dallas was that great. I feel like yesterday's game was up for the taking by us. Like, we could have won that game. I just feel that we just needed that extra spurt, that extra just emotion to allow our team to, you know, say, hey, we could win this game. And I feel that in the second half, there was none of that. And that just led to the dismay and the fall of our team. Also, that penalty just kind of just took everyone's, hard away it really did um i mean it didn't take luckily the fans i mean uh the traveling galaxy fans yeah, you could they were really great. hear them like they were the only thing i could hear from the tv yeah they were great <laughs> they were, they the were only great, audio. Yeah. 
Yeah, so shout out to them for for keeping up the spirit. And that's what happened on um, McDooney Health Sports Park at the at the home opener. Like everybody was saying that there was an energy in that stadium that just hasn't been in the last two seasons. And some people are saying, well, it's desperation. Like, come on, like we know yeah. we can do this. But at the same time, no, I really feel like the spirit of the fans is actually was keeping everybody um, going. Yeah. Um, and, even yeah. that, yeah. And another that, thing about uh-huh. that, uh, sorry about that. No, no, go another for it. Another thing about that, I think that I just feel that with with the rivalry, I feel the rivalry of LAFC has definitely brought that brought that camaraderie <laughs> yeah, uh, so. because yesterday there were a ton of fan watch parties and there were a lot of pictures and I feel like in prior years there weren't really that many, but yesterday there were all around Southern California. You could have found a place to go watch the Galaxy game with a bunch of other Galaxy fans. Yeah, that's that, totally awesome. That 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 bond has definitely grown, and it's it's great to see. It is great to see, and it's also great to see like longtime fans like now who are well, at least in my generation, we're in that group of now. There's there my generation is having kids, and now they're raising up new Galaxy fans, and um, I'm always bringing because um, I'm a, a teacher for an international private school, so I teach English and. And they come here and they already love soccer because the whole world does. And I'm like, and they know about Zlatan and they know about the galaxy. And, you know, when they think about soccer here, that's who they think of. And they're like, teacher, teacher, I want to go to a game. And I'm like, yes, I want to take you to a game. Um, so I think it's always growing around here. I'm so happy for the fans. Um, but they are the ones that are being let down, unfortunately, <laughs> I feel, um, with everything that's going on. Um, injuries are something that we don't have any control o- over. And that's why building... <laughs> depth on this team is is ever the more important yeah what did you think of joe corona um he just didn't get enough touches on the ball i mean he was pretty quiet honestly um but i can't really say that that's his fault um but i but 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 then when he did have the ball and i'm sorry i don't have any like specific references on me right now i just i could just see it playing in my head (laughs) but um but he did. He did run with it. And then he did have uh, really good chances um, later in the second half. So the first half, what I was going to say, was all about possession. The Galaxy and FC Dallas were definitely fighting back and forth uh, for the possession. It was pretty It was pretty equal that first half. Um, why do you think that they came apart in the second half? And what did you think about Corona? Uh, I think Corona had a decent game. He was very calm with the ball. Mm. Uh, he allowed, he gave Jonathan another player that he could pass to and not feel so scared because personally whenever Jonathan or let's for example yesterday legit kept passing back to Steris I already mm-hmm. knew what was going to happen after that I knew Steris was either going to just shoot it forward or pass it back to Bingham and Bingham's going to shoot it forward as well so yeah. I always felt that going back to our defense besides Polenta who mm-hmm. has very good technical ability that I get very shaky whenever the defense, anybody in the defense gets the ball, especially Steris. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, in, totally yeah, but, but in the first half compared to the second half, uh, I just feel that in the first half we had the possession. We were playing very, you know, galaxy like, I would say as like mm-hmm. just holding possession as Barascoloto said earlier in the preseason that he wants to hold the ball and have the ball. And that's the best defending when you have the ball, the other team can't score because they don't have the ball. But I feel in the second half, we got away from that. I feel that second half, there was just, everyone was just running everywhere. No one really had the plan. But I would say that bringing Alvarez in in the second half, he brought another dynamic, just like he did in the home opener. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I know he's 16. I know that they're trying to slow his hype 
train, but at some point you're just going to have to say we're going to have to start him because we have to start the best 11 players on the on the team. Yeah, I'm not ready to start him yet. I hear I hear what you're saying. Um but it like his so far spark has been coming in later and he's sort of like in a way like a secret weapon in a lot of ways. And so you bring him in and he he had what we would say is the only real chance right in front of net um that that he could score in in stoppage time in the last few minutes of, of the rest of the game so i i think it's it's that kind of play that that he can bring in so i'm i'm just not ready to start him just also cuz um because there are so many other guys on the on the pitch that that I think that they would step it up like if like you know once we get Alessandrini back or once Legette comes back I mean he's probably going to play with a hockey mask now that he yeah. took an elbow <laughs> to his nose um you know but but again just looking at our roster like Corona, Antuna, Polenta um all of these guys like Coyo like I really do think that they're awesome yeah. like they really can bring bring a lot to the table and we don't have to rely on just again one person specifically a 16 year old kid <laughs> yeah well, i mean i also see that point i see that having alvarez off the bench he's a super sub he's a player mm-hmm. that you can bring in when everyone's getting tired and you bring in fresh legs that can help the team be dynamic and i see that point of view mm-hmm. but I also think that if we're healthy if our team is healthy we have one of the best midfields in the mls i yes. feel with with Corona or Lejet playing next to Jonathan and then mm-hmm. having Alessandrini and having Antuna on the left wing, I feel that we have one of the best midfields in the whole league. Agreed. Um, it is it is a bit crowded, as they would say, but, you know, with everything going on, it's like, hey, this is, this is how it can be. Um, then it does call to attention that back line. The back line is the only thing that hasn't changed, um, and, and it's continuing to be a problem. So I don't really know what what Escaloto can do as far as with that. Uh, yeah, I I think that well when I watch the game I see that just like in the Chicago game and just like in this game teams obviously they scout the Galaxy. I feel they've scouted that the right side of the Galaxy's defense, so Steris and Felcher, is mm. much weaker than Shelvick and Polenta. So right. if you if you remember. Chicago and then yesterday in Dallas, they mm-hmm. always go through that left wing, which is the side of Felcher and Steris. So I feel that that's our weakness. That that side right there, that's our weakness. And yesterday having Boateng in the right right midfield, that was another weakness because any team could just overpower Boateng with how little he is. So I yeah, just feel and- that yeah. No, go for it. You feel that? Yeah, I just feel that that right side of our defense is just very sl- just slow, but as well as just very scary to watch it it is and and Boateng for whatever reason is is well not for whatever reason he's Boateng everybody's like this is why we put him in as like a late sub because he can't finish in front of net um so I don't know I mean do we just do we just replace these guys um do we just sign some some new guys come summertime uh well I mean we signed Triori and Mm. to get Triori we did. We did do a lot of uh, transactions. We we sold. I mean, about one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars in TAM and GAM mm-hmm. to get that international slot. So, and international slots in MLS are very coveted. So mm-hmm. that shows that 
uh, Teclosa and Skelota do really feel that Triori could be a help for the defense. And maybe, I don't know if they can convert him into a right back, but then we also have uh, Araujo backing up Felcher. But then again, that's another young guy. We just have a lot of young guys that are backing up our players right now. Yeah, it's just really... Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, go for it. And we just don't have that veteran... Another, like, not veteran, but just, like, in his 28, 29-year-old age that could come off the bench and just be another solidifying piece to our defense or our, def- or our midfield. Well, yeah, to our defense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, that's exactly what I was uh, going to say um, also. So um, any other thoughts, feelings, or I think that? that we may be about our defense. Uh, our defense or anything else about that game? Uh, I would say that it was a it was a winnable game. Uh, you know, unfortunately we did lose, but it's now it's just going to the next week, and hopefully we can get a win against a very tough uh, tough Minnesota United a Minnesota team. But hopefully um, we get healthy bodies back. Uh, I know that Alessandrini shouldn't. They're saying he's not going to play next week. Who knows what happened to Zlatan? Because you don't want to push an Achilles injury, because then what if it becomes a tear? And you yeah. lose him for the whole season and maybe a career ending because, I mean, at 38, uh, Achilles injury could be really painful and bad. Yeah, I was really concerned because he had actually heard it at the opener and decided to still continue to play on it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had a draw predicted for, for the FC Dallas game. And now against Minnesota, I mean, up until yesterday, I would have thought that we would win. Um, I'm really obviously hoping for the win and I, and I do think we have the, the guys can, who can do it, but they can't, they can't do this four, five, one, like you said, with Pontius on top, they can't do that. Not this time around. It's not going to work against Minnesota. Yeah. Because for example, I was just looking at Minnesota's roster and I didn't, I mean, I did know, but I didn't realize that, uh, Osvaldo Alonso was on their team again as, yeah. as well. So they, they did definitely shore up their team. Uh, they have a good defender in Francisco Calvo from Costa Rica. Um, they have good midfielders. And then they have their, obviously, uh, Quintero up top, who is going to give us problems. I already know that's going to happen. With his yeah. speed against uh, Steris is going to be uh, pretty painful to watch sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am actually a bridesmaid in a wedding for a dear friend. So I won't be at that game. And I... We'll have to just rely on Twitter, <laughs> you know, to to get me through to see uh, what's going to happen that match. But yeah, I definitely it it is a game I'm looking forward to though. Um, definitely. For sure, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting one, and we'll see how everybody adjusts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and then after next week we have a week off because our yeah. next game after that's the 31st. So hopefully. Uh, having this third game of the season hopefully by the march 31st we can have more healthy bodies back but hopefully by uh april 5th we can have our full team back yeah absolutely um yeah because it is against the timbers and i mean they were contenders in the mls cup uh final last year so you know we'll have to see how they do against uh lafc today and yeah which should start in about an hour so. yeah start yeah which is why and not not just that i just also wanted to uh, yeah there's more soccer to watch guys yeah uh, exactly <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's the real reason why i'm keeping this short no um but then we have to play vancouver after that which i i don't really care for for that team overall <laughs> yeah and it's on turf again so oh it is 
Yeah. So Zlatan might not be building that game as well. Yeah, and Real Salt Lake beat uh, Vancouver. So I mean, I, I think I think these are winnable games for us. Definitely. Once again, in in the scheduling, um, but I actually also wanted uh, to in, interject like. Um, another tweet of yours uh, was saying about we don't understand why the Galaxy don't have an NWSL uh, team, especially since LAFC is going to be starting one. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I believe that we should make a LA Galaxy f- like female team, or like in Europe they call Feminil. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to have Los Angeles Soul, which was part of AEG's, was an AEG club. But unfortunately in 2010... Uh, they tried selling the club. Well, they sold the share of the club back to WPS, but then no one wanted to buy the club, which was very unfortunate. I feel that even with back then they had Marta on the team, who was at the time yeah, one of the best players in the world. For real. But so I think that maybe you just have to start with getting uh, homegrown players. Maybe like bring in Alex Morgan with with the connection to Carrasco. I feel like she yeah. wouldn't she wouldn't be mad to that, and she would be. Uh, happy to bring come to LA and mm. having players like that that would allow more fans to come because at the end of the day it's about how many fans are going to come to the stadium mm-hmm. and uh I feel that to build the LA Galaxy's feminine or female team may I say uh that's I feel that we need to get players that people around here know and if LAFC is going to get a club uh, we can't just let them take that side because we do have an LA Galaxy Girls Academy, mm-hmm. which if we are producing these players, wouldn't we want to see them succeed on the next level? And also just giving these girls a chance to succeed, which we're doing on the male side, as we see with Efra Alvarez, with Zubak, with uh, Araujo and others as well. Yeah, that's uh, the thing when Escaloso came in into Close as well. They, that was their whole thing was like, let's bring them up from the LA Academy and then you play them in in Galaxy 2 or Los Dos as we call them. And then they move up to the first team. And we've already seen that, like you said, with Zubog. Um, and so I, I really think that, that we could do it. Now, when LAFC does get an NWSL team, I've already got Galaxy friends who are like, look, you know, genders first. So they're going to go and they're going to get season tickets and support. Um, and like you said, it is about getting those fans in. Um, so you're going to go and support then, yeah? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, uh-huh. but just another thing is like, uh, I mean, the academy for the girls team is very good. They're run by Kevin Hartman. Mm. And he's been running mm-hmm. their team since 2017. Uh, they have a couple of other guys that are also running their team who are ex-collegiate coaches and scouts. But I feel that it could be coming in the next couple of years. I think that they're just trying to see what what people think, what people want, because mm-hmm. they did see what happened with the Los Angeles Soul, mm-hmm. and they don't want that to happen again. Yeah, unfortunately. And going back to a Lakers reference, like even the Sparks. So exactly. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, yeah, so thank you for that. And then. Last last thing as we wrap up here, um, you LA Galaxy rumors. So how did you get started? Um, you know what 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 do you hope to contribute to the soccer world when there are so many podcasts and so many accounts with opinions? I just want to be another individual uh, account that just helps people get knowledge, gain knowledge, and just give my own opinions on things that are happening in the game. I do definitely try to get as much rumors as I can. I do 
talk to a few reporters. I do try to go through the re- through the web and see what others are talking about the galaxy. So I just try to just give knowledge. Whatever I say on Twitter, it's usually my opinion or something I'd read, and I'm just trying to pass on the information. And that's what I'm just trying to do, just pass on information so that more Galaxy fans know. Because as we know, um, the Galaxy isn't that great with telling us what's happening on the transaction, on the rumor mill, except that, for example, the corona situation did occur in like almost a day or two, which mm-hmm. was really good to see. But that was probably because the game was coming in so quickly. But as for example, Polenta, we we signed we we signed Polenta back in December, but they didn't announce him till February, and he was in practice, and he was already there. And for example, Antuna. So I just I just want to be that person or another person besides the plenty of great uh, LA Galaxy twitters and uh, podcasts that we have. Just be another resource of information for fans. Well, definitely, I think that you are. I mean, you're very like on it. You brought everything that I was hoping for and more so you're a solid account um so everybody give them a follow at lag underscore rumors r-u-m-o-r-s anything else anyone else that you want them to find you <laughs> uh no that's that's pretty much it and uh definitely uh check out michelle uh, oh, she thank does phenomenal you. work and uh definitely a fan over here as well uh thanks so much yeah i write for mls female and the stoppage time now uh, mostly stoppage time is for like uh, U.S. women specifically and then, um, you know, U.S. soccer, but I'm strictly Galaxy uh, for MLS female. And the reason I stick with MLS female, too, is because um, I can be a fan. That was like our whole niche besides the fact that I'm a woman <laughs> is that I can be a fan you know, I, as much as I enjoy being media um, you know, and going to press conferences and I try to get whatever inside info as, as well as I can. Um, you know, I do want to give the, the fans a voice cause I, I know how everybody feels and, you know, they've got plenty of, uh, higher ups making a lot of decisions. So it's nice to give the fans a voice. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for, for being on. I definitely would love to have you on again, if there's something else that who knows what we've got. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Thank you for having me on for the first episode. It's definitely an honor. Yeah, so thank you guys. Yeah, so so, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening and and yeah, shout out to everybody. Uh, What I was gonna say too was, you know, I'll I'll definitely be working um, with some more platforms as uh, U.S. Women's World Cup uh, is gonna be starting in France. Well, not the world, not the U.S. Women's World Cup. The U.S. Women are gonna be playing in the World Cup for France. And, um, so that'll be, that'll be fun to cover, but a lot of people say they just want my opinion, not just because I'm a woman. So, um, you know, I hope that you feel just because you're a guy doesn't mean that you don't have, you know, extra say. And and I really appreciated your support of, uh, the Galaxy getting an NWSL team. So thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's always an honor to talk to you. I love your soccer mind. You're, uh, you have a great soccer mind. So it's great to just have a conversation and talk about the Galaxy. For sure. Thanks so much. And yeah, um, definitely, like I said, this is called Simply Soccer. And well, today we're keeping it Simply Galaxy. And uh, so my plan long term, uh, just want to have this pod be a few episodes, see how it's received and see if I can get some more support and specifically financial support. And we we can uh, we can get get merchandise for everybody, some swag and all that fun stuff. So we'll see what we'll see where this goes and how it takes off. Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Good. Yeah, thanks so much. Not a problem.